I'm Jennifer Marquez, and I'm a woman with a passion for learning at San Francisco Public Works. When I think of an inspirational person, I think about my grandmother. I left the Philippines when I was 17. She died before that. But I just look up to her. She never graduated high school, but, you know, had seven kids. All of those kids graduated college. And I just, I just admire her work ethic. She was very frugal <laughs> with money. And she always found ways to earn a living, even without a degree or without a high school diploma. And I just knew that learning from her and her hard work that no matter what it is, if you put your time and your effort in it, you can achieve anything, basically. I'm the finance manager. So basically what's under me is accounting, procurement, contracts, and budget. Budget that includes operating and capital budget. Our work is really important in finance because we are handling taxpayers' money. We are handling proceeds from debt that the city issues. Our team really looks into making sure that that's spent correctly, that we're in compliance, that we're you know following eligibility and use of those funds, and just being cognizant, right? So when we're reviewing employee reimbursements, for example, is it within the per diem? Did we choose the most economical mode of transportation, for example? That's very important, right? Are we paying the invoices correctly? Are we not overpaying, right? Did we actually receive the goods that we said that was on the invoice, right? So all of those things might be just, you know, accounting related, but it has a, its purpose, right? So for contracting, for example, we cannot just select any vendor from the, from the street. We need to make sure that we're competitive, that we have looked at all the options, that the city is getting the best possible price because again, we're spending taxpayers' money. And budget too, right? We set the budget at the beginning of the year. Are we spending it according to what was planned? And during the year, what are we doing so that we meet that goal? I started out in the hotel industry. I applied as a breakfast busser because I was in college. I just wanted a job. I applied and they said, oh, well, maybe you don't have to be a busser. Can you read this script for me? Maybe you could be an operator. I'm like, OK. So I read the script. They said, oh, maybe you can be an operator. So I was a PBX operator. This is going to age me, but they used to have a PBX operator that answers all the calls coming into the hotel. And that's what I did. And while I went to college, which is perfect because I was doing homework while I was answering phones. It didn't take long. They said, oh, you should go to the front desk. I did that. And then they said, oh, maybe you should go to a group reservation. So I kept moving on doing other things, which is kind of what I really like. That's what draws me to the different kinds of work that I've been doing. So did that. And then they said, oh, maybe you should also do accounts receivable. So that's kind of when I started, okay, so this is accounting and didn't know a lot about it, but you know, I learned it slowly and I was hired there 1998 by 2001, I was the controller. So, you know, it's just learning on the job. That's how I got exposed to accounting. And at that point 
I decided, well, if I really like accounting, maybe I should learn more about accounting. And that's when I said, okay, I have this big audacious goal of I want to be an accountant, a certified accountant. And I said, okay, I'm going to take the CPA exam, which <laughs> was really, really tough because I didn't have an accounting background. I said, okay, I'm going to take a few classes in accounting. And they said, okay, you need to take these classes. But two more classes, I would have gotten a master's degree. So I said, I'm going to go for the master's degree. <laughs> so I did. And then after that, I took the exam. And luckily, I don't know how I did it, but I passed all four exams on the first try. I really don't know how I did it. But um, all I remember is it's just a lot of hard work and a lot of studying. The subject matter is so broad that I didn't even know how to study for it. But Luckily, I passed and that's how I got into accounting. And during that time when I was reviewing, that's when I heard about an accountant intern um, program in the city. It was from my professor I said, hey, there's an opening here. You should apply. Just take the exam. I took the exam and I got in. That's when it started. When I turned in my notice to my boss, like I'm going for an internship. He's like, OK, just do it. I'm like, no, I'm quitting. <laughs> Wait, wait, you're quitting for an internship? <laughs> so I said, yeah, because I knew at that time, whatever I was doing at the hotel will not expose me to the world of accounting because the operation was really small. I wanted to learn more. Like now I know the world of accounting and I know what else I can do with it. So I said, I don't mind starting from the bottom. So I went through the internship I started with the city 2006. Now I'm here at Public Works. I worked at the airport for 11 years doing financial reporting primarily. And then, you know, here in my work at Public Works, when I transferred, it was more on the operational side, more doing capital projects, which is really, really new to me. It was a steep learning curve, but, you know, I learned a lot and I'm still learning a lot from my job now. So that's kind of what keeps me going. I love the fact that there's more there to learn and that I'm just growing every day. What's important to me is the people that report to me. That's kind of in any role that I'm in, that's kind of what I value a lot. It's not the actual work. It's, I mean, the work itself is enjoyable, right? Cause I, that that's the field that I'm in, but I'm kind of more into the people that I meet, that I get to know that, that look to me for support. To me, that's what's fulfilling. What's fulfilling is like, how many people have I helped so that they also can, you know, be successful in their career. To me, that's, kind of the legacy that I want, right? So how many people have you helped and how many leaders have you created through working with them, right? To me, that's what's important in my role, right? Because I don't do the spreadsheets. I don't do the analysis. I don't do any of that anymore because I can't, I just can't, um, there's no time, but, you know, supporting the people that actually do the job that actually provide the service to the bureaus. To me, that's my number one role is to help them be good at what they do and remove roadblocks and provide support. I just enjoy getting to know people. To me, it's just interesting because Yes, they do this 
work for me, right? They, we have deliverables, we have deadlines, we have, you know, a work product we have to turn in. But behind that is a person, right? Is a person that, you know, same as me, that has different motivations, that want connection, that want, you know, all of these things in life. And to me, as a manager, it's important to know that because it's still a person, right? It's not, they're not um, just a resource for you. And getting to know them helps with the relationship. And it's important to have that environment too, that they're comfortable to say, I don't think this is right, or I disagree with you. That's when the relationship is important in this role. Like if you don't have a good relationship with your team and they're silent, <laughs> that's when you have to worry, right? Because at that point, then they don't care. Even in our meetings, I feel like sometimes I can be most helpful is when I shut up. <laughs> so when there's discussion, I'm very mindful. Like if you're the highest ranking person in a discussion, you really have to be mindful of the opinions that you say, because sometimes maybe it's just an opinion and, you know, you really don't know the details of what's going on and that becomes an order, right? So I want to be able to create an environment wherein they are free to, to say what they want to say, right? And voice out their opinion. This is what I think it should be because the people that do the work really know what's going on and they know what the problems are. They probably know the solution. I don't know the solution because I don't work there, you know, at that level. But yes, I try to be mindful and hold back on my opinion and let them figure it out because I think it's part of growth too, right? Problem solving, let them figure it out. And then when I'm needed, then I want to then step in. But if I voice out my opinion and their opinion happens to be against what I said, then they're going to be quiet. And then I might be making the wrong decision. And that doesn't help. I think that my leadership style is more fluid and flexible. It just, you know, all depends on the situation I'm in and the person that I'm dealing with. I have people reporting to me that are superstars that do not need a lot of direction. So I will flex and adjust my style based on that. If I have an intern reporting to me, which, you know, happens, then I would provide more coaching. I would provide more direction. So it depends on where I am. But if we're in an urgent deadline, I will make the call, <laughs> you know, so it depends. It depends. But I like... I guess if you can call it a style, I like working with people like one-on-one. -on -one. And also, um, you know, being clear, being clear as to what direction that we're going. Like to me, that's the kindest thing you'll ever do for your staff, right? Just be clear. What do you want? What direction? Because if they don't know, then they'll just be going a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction, right? <laughs> so we don't want that. My son plays tennis and it, it frustrates him like when the ball doesn't go in, but you know, it's practice. Anything is practice. like even leadership, like you practice that every day. It's not easy, but that's something that you practice every day to get better. First of all, when I left, I was scared. I was scared 
But I knew I had to make a change. I knew that there's a lot more that life has to offer than what I had in the Philippines. So I left because there was an exchange program. I was an exchange student and I went to Pennsylvania and I knew that it would give me a different experience. And I knew I would gain from that. That kind of what drove me, but it was very difficult for me to leave my mom and my sisters to go to a foreign country and live with a family that I've never met before. Different culture too. So different weather. The weather was like to me the most shocking thing. <laughs> Pennsylvania goes all the way up to, you know, negative. Like it's possible to go negative. I was like, what? <laughs> so um, yeah, I was scared, but I knew I had to be brave. I had to make that change. And every time I make that decision to change or to take on something else, I just feel like, you know, no matter what, if I fail or if I succeed, I'm going to learn something from this and I'm going to take that with me. And that's something nobody else can take from me. To me, that's always been my perspective, no matter what. Like if I made a mistake, well, I'll charge that to experience. What can you do? And we're always going to make mistakes, right? So to me, all of those are like calculated bets, I guess. You know, I don't know. Would I do well? Maybe, maybe not. But for sure, I'm going to try my best. Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a public works podcast. 